Crank it up. CMS TV has got it going on as always. This is Jesse James Dupree saying, tune it up, plug it in, strap it on, and crank it up. Pa pow! It's the band right here with Take a Look. Uh, wait a minute. That's that's Tim James, TJ James with uh, Sting of the Whip. That's right. right. Coming from his uh, latest release, uh, Solidify. And joining us on the uh, studio cam is our good friend uh, TJ James. Tim James, welcome to the Classic Metal Show there, Tim. Good afternoon or good evening, gentlemen. What's going on, sir? Oh, uh, well... I'm coming on the CMS. That's what's going on. <laughs> and the audio is and the audio is working, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. Did you bring a spoon drag with you? No, no. I would have brought an orange soda <laughs> since, <laughs> since you've just been to the McDonald's Museum. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Tim, obviously, man, you know, in all seriousness, as much as we love to beat you up sometimes on the show and whatnot you are a musician you do have yes. a new record we we took the piss out of it a little bit a couple weeks ago but we wanted to give you a chance to come on and talk about it seriously so let's yep. talk about it man tell everybody tell everybody about um the record and when you started recording it and catch everybody up well the new record is called solidify and we probably started it Oh God! A year and a half ago, or something like that. Okay. Yep. And when you say "we," who's "we"? Oh, uh, well, I work with a guitar player that's played on all my stuff since 1995, Matt Davis, and um, he plays all the guitars and he did all the backing harmonies on the on the record. I remember last time you were you guys were saying how good his voice was. And you're exactly right. He's he's outstanding. He's he's my best friend. I've we've been best friends since like 1989. But um, he's not playing on the record because he's my best friend. He's playing on the record because he's unbelievable. Right on. Well, dude. Um. So you started working on this thing a year and a half ago. What what does that mean exactly? Is that just when you started writing songs, or you started demoing music, or what? What what happened a year and a half ago? Um, the actual writing probably started itself two years ago. You know, so um, I did the did the last record, No Apologies, which we released in twenty nineteen, and I just basically got straight into writing. I I. I and the only time I ever stop writing is when um, I'm recording a record. Okay. So when, once once we've decided on the songs that are going to be on the next record, that's when I stop and that's when we start recording. So, yeah, the actual process to put all this together was probably two years. Well, when you do your writing, uh, Tim, I, I, you know, again, I don't know what your personal skill set is, but do you actually write? music write notes and charts and all that kind of thing or are you just a lyricist or how, how does your process work no i 
I I can write notes, and there's and there's and there's programs like Surveillus, which are amazing programs that help me with that stuff. But um, no, I, I write I write the whole song. I write I write uh, you know all the all the music and all the chords and and everything. And I basically write it on my keyboard with with you know and come up with vocal lines and um, a, and you know, come up with riffs that way. And then I take those riffs and take those arrangements to Matt. And then Matt might say, oh, can we make this a bit shorter? Or can we do this? Can we do that? So Matt Matt definitely helps with some of the arrangements. But all of the songs are written um, before we even start recording. Right on. Do you, um, do you, or let me go a different way. How do you determine what the what the music's going to sound like cuz and I'll just be honest from what we know and we obviously have known you for a long time you know this doesn't sound like the bands that you generally listen to for enjoyment it it's a different sound than you know the motley crews of the world how do you how do you write outside of what it is that you like well because like for example, with you know using Motley Crue as an example, I mean I don't sing like Vince Neil. Thank God. You know, yeah, my my voice is completely different. I don't have I don't have that range. You know, if you're talking about metal singers like Halford or Dio, you know, I I don't sound like anything like those guys. So what I do is take the essence of that, like the big rock sound and put it into um my framework if that makes sense well, yeah. well how, how would you describe your your particular genre of music because you know there's all kinds of flavors in there i was kind of joking you know at the beginning here that that song uh sounded like you know robbie robertson of the band and you know yeah 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 or something it sounds very similar to that and then when we were kind of uh, checking out the new disc, uh, one of the songs that we played, I don't remember which one it was, but it sounded like, you know, Cinderella, like the beginning of a Cinderella song. And, you know, it's, it's like a whole eclectic mix of different flavors. You know, it's not a consistent uh, sound. So how would you describe your sound or, you know, what are you going for? Well, just on that, when you were talking about the Cinderella thing with um, the songs called Knock on Wood and the riff goes, dun, dun, you know, it's it has got a very somebody save me thing, which I thought was very cool that you picked that up. You know, I mean, I absolutely wear my influences on my sleeve. I'm not I'm not shy about it. But I mean, there's there's big rock sounding stuff. There's ballads, there's mid pace stuff, there's acoustic guitars, there's um, there's all kinds of different flavors because I don't want to have a one-dimensional record, you know. I, I, as much as I love bands like ACDC and 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 the like, I don't want to be that um, in the sense that um, I want to be like musically adventurous, you know. I I don't want a record that's like the every song's the same from beginning to end. Light and Shade is very cool. Right. What, what, it, it, there in Australia, because obviously we're not there and it's a couple miles from here for sure. <laughs> but, you know, is it, 
what is the scene like? Is there a is there a decent scene, not necessarily for your music per se, but for original music? Because I could tell you here in the states, it's damn near impossible to break independently, you know, and, and even play anymore. Anymore here, if you're not playing covers, they don't even want to hear you. What is the scene like there? Look, it's tough. You know, I'm not going to lie. You, um, but what I do at my shows, you know, my solo shows, what I do is I play, you know, five or six of my own songs and a, you know, a bunch of bunch of covers, you know. Right. And fortunately, um, my songs, because they're you know three minute songs with with you know choruses that are hopefully people will will remember they kind of fit in with the other stuff i play you know okay. so so um you know because i am trying to write commercial pop rock uh classic rock songs you know right, right. do you, is it do people do people that are at the gigs do they do they come up to out up to you after and buy like buy buy material buy cds or or even ask you is that original or is that they, a cover they, or? they they do they do okay. the coolest thing is when somebody and it's happened to me quite often um somebody that you know you don't know from a bar of soap comes up to you and says what song is that where was that who's saying that where can i get that and that's when you know what you're doing is working um, for, you know, Joe Public. You know, my audience isn't necessarily just a, a metal or a hard rock audience. Right. You know, I, I you know, because I, I don't just listen to metal and hard rock. I mean, Motley Crue is my favourite band. But, you know, I'll listen to um, Mellencamp. I'll listen to Brian Adams. I'll listen to um, Ed Sheeran. I'll listen to Billy Joel, you know. I just I'm I just want to be a great songwriter. Period. Perfect. Well, well, Tim, do you fancy yourself a vocalist? I think my voice is unique. I don't think my voice is necessarily fabulous. <laughs> I think I th I think it's I think it's unique. Um, I am aiming to you know get my songs sung or covered. By by other artists that can really sing. But that being said, I'm still working on my voice constantly and my keyboard playing constantly. And, you know, and I've got a hell of a vocal coach. And um, but I, the one thing I will say is I don't think I try to copy anyone else with my vo with my voice. So what would what what would the what would the fuck what would the better end goal be here for you would it be to have one of your songs picked up by somebody well known or would it be for you to be discovered i look the the main reason i do my records is because you know i love creating and all that stuff but you know is to is to raise money and awareness for cp and the, right. the cerebral palsy organizations that i work with and also to so that people can hear my songs my goal has never been to be a superstar it would it would suit me greatly if we could get somebody else to sing my material and i was just the writer guy you know 
my my goal is to be like a Desmond Child or a Mark Lang or a Holly Knight or or one of those people, right? You know? right. Just just to, you know, I'm not doing this to be famous. I just I'd be quite happy to be writing behind the scenes. Perfect. Well, I know that you've played with other people. You know, I what was that, Johnny and the Rough Riders? Johnny and the Easy Riders, yeah. (laughs) So, what happened to that gig? What's the story there? I know that. uh, Do Do you like being in a band situation, or do you prefer doing what you're doing solo per se? I that band or most of the members of that band are still going. We're in a new band called Recovery Band. We've the basically um, the guy that we were playing with, John, he just, you know, by his own admission, he didn't want to practice. He didn't want to rehearse. He didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to see whatever gigs came came our way. So so we basically said, okay, well, if, if that's... We, we rehearsed for a whole year and he didn't rehearse with us. So, so um, basically we just said, we're going to move on. We're going to buy a PA. We're going to get a a female singer, which we've done. The band's now called Recovery Band. But uh, to be honest, I don't enjoy playing in the covers band at all. I do it purely for the money. I enjoy my solo gigs a lot more because I get to play my own stuff as well as other people's, and there's a lot more flexibility. But no, I don't like playing in the covers band at all. Is it hard to get? original gigs though because i know here it's damn near impossible unless you're saying that you're going to play you know songs that people know well that's that's exactly why i do gigs i mean i you know i get paid for my gigs and i get paid well but that's exactly why i do covers as well as my own material in the same gig and um you know and when an opportunity comes up and i think there might be an opportunity for me coming up in december that my manager's organizing for me to go and play for 20 minutes of just original material at this theater in sydney for a few you know for 500 bucks so hopefully that'll happen you know things like that happen okay very good man well dude you mentioned um you mentioned um that you're involved in a lot of the cp organizations and i know we busted your balls forever about cp you know for the 15 years or whatever we've known you but you know in all seriousness and you and i have talked about this off the air but never on the air talk a little bit about what you're involved in and why you've decided, and this is more the point, why you've decided to be not only public about it, but public about your own situation and not shy away from it. Because all, well, you know, all of the artists that I loved as a kid and still love, they were all real, you know. Um, I do have cerebral palsy. I fully embrace it. And I, you know, hopefully can... Um, raise money and awareness and help others to believe that anything's possible through what I do you know um, if if the, and the analogy that I always use is that nobody buys Stevie Wonder's music because he's blind you know either the music's good or it's not so um, if I didn't think I had the songs I wouldn't be doing this you know um, 
20% from every stream and every download from across my catalog since able-bodied in 2001, and this is my eighth record now, is donated to um, the Cerebral Palsy Alliance. And I'm proud of it, and I, and I, you know, I, I embrace it because, I mean, anybody that sees me, you know, the minute they see me walking somewhere, you know, even if I'm going to go and get an orange soda, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's not like I can get around it. So it is what it is. Do they help you? I know you're helping them, but it would seem like, especially eight records in and eight times donating to an organization, it would seem like they might help you like by saying, hey, there's a new new record yeah. and, and this guy yeah, helps us out. They uh, do. They do. They? they help They help me with all kinds of promotion. I mean, I've played all kinds of gigs for them, you know, some of which have been paid for, some of which I haven't, but that's, that's fine. Yeah, no, I... I get exposure through it. I mean, you know, on my website, there is, um, um, you know, I've been interviewed on um, national television about it. I've been interviewed on the news about it. You know, um, it's it's everywhere. So it, it does, it, it's, a, it's a win-win. Well, when it comes to recording music, Tim, I, I mean, we, we live in an era where, where it's here today and it's gone later today. And, uh, you know, so many artists now are reconsidering or, uh, rethinking releasing full albums these days, you know, and, and, uh, you know, obviously with the use of digital, uh, uh, outlets like Spotify and Pandora and that kind of thing, people can access, you know, music. Does it make mm. sense to make a full record these days? Well, it does to me, okay. Because because all of the all of the bands that I loved and grew up on, they were all about, you know, they were all about building a catalog of work, and I want to build a body of work. And if you if you if you release a song at a time, it's very hard to build a body of work, you know. And and um, I think Kip Winger the other day, uh, you know, he's. They've just recently, Wing has just released a new record, you know, and they were asking him, well, why do you, why do you bother? Why do you do it? He said, because I'm an artist and that's what artists do. They create. He said, I'm not, I'm not doing this to become, you know, a millionaire. I'm doing it because I have to do it. Right on. Definitely. Well, and dude, doing it this way for you, does it, does it give you a better opportunity to push push your songs to potential organizations that might take the songs and use them if you have albums worth of songs so that so that they don't think that you're just like a flash in the pan here's a song that we like and but they might consider you you know for longer term use as a as a writer because you could say well here's this and here's this and here's this Absolutely. The more, the, you know, the more catalog you have, the better your opportunities, you know, the more people can see that you're, um, in this for the long haul and you're serious about what you do, you know, the more potential there is for, um, other parties to work with you and invest in you, which is 
you know, there's there's something happening to me right now that's that's um, the biggest professional opportunity I've ever had in my life. So, and that's because um, I've worked for a long time, and you know, a lot of people at my church were praying about it, but I've worked for a very very long time, and my and one of my teachers from the Australian Institute of Music, which I'm about to graduate from in August, in November, sorry, um, has has um, backed me because he believes in my songwriting a great deal. And now um, we announced it the other day, I'm going to get to work with a ARIA award-winning singer-songwriter, Rick Price. The ARIAs are like the Australian version of the Grammys. The guy, the guys, the guys had number one hits. He works. He he spends nine months of the year in Nashville and three months of the year in Australia. And he, through my teacher, because they're best friends, he has heard my material and thinks my material is is really something. And um, he thinks I can use different um, production techniques to contemporise what I do. But he thinks my songs, you know, the songs within themselves are, are really something. And he's he wants to work with me, um, and we're going to be working together from January. Um, and, you know, with the potential to um, put my material forward, and it's not clear at this stage whether I'll be seeing the material or somebody else will be seeing the material. I'm open to whatever happens with it. I just want to learn and grow and be the best songwriter I possibly can and do the best things possible for my career moving forward. But, I mean, this has got the potential to to get a publishing deal for me or, you know, where I can get paid to write songs or other other music business opportunities that I could never only have ever have dreamed of. Well, have you ever considered doing jingle work? Uh, Tim, you know, writing jingles for commercials or, or anything like that. Is that of any interest to you or you just like uh, to do, you know, songs? I'd be more than happy to do jingle work. You know, um, writing jingles would be, you know, the same as writing catchy choruses for pop songs. Right. You know, you've just got to know all that, all that stuff. I'm open to all of that. I don't want to be... Um, you know, I I don't want to. I just want to say yes and 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 do things and try things. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? It doesn't work. But at least you've had a go. Right. When you say that you're going to be working with with an aria artist, what does that mean exactly? Writing with or recording we're with work, or what? Yeah, we're working all we're working it out what all of that means at the moment there's a there's a budget in place that we we're going to use the budget's not huge i've been given some money towards this um the budget's not huge so we just got to work out exactly how it's going to work but um and we're not we're rick and i and my manager have still got to meet together and talk about it he's he's playing a show in sydney in october i'm gonna and i'm gonna go and meet him and you know we've we've talked several times but we've just got to we're not exactly sure what it's going to look like but um it's it's still a huge opportunity for me yeah of course man well and, and with doing that you know do you do you look at are you kind of putting everything sort of on hold to see what that 
turns into or are you are you working solidify and hoping that it you know hoping that this turns into something or what oh i'm working solidify believe me we've we've you know we've sent press releases to to all the you know where um on the 6th of october is is international day for cp so cerebral palsy so we have um we have sent press releases to every major news outlet um and we're we're sending press releases to to radio and television all over the place in sydney and melbourne uh yeah no i'm working this as hard as i can you got to do both right on definitely does your does your wife realize you're in the middle of a very important (laughs) i yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told her that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a star, Tim. That's Everybody. right. <laughs> She's auditioning for your video. <laughs> not, well, funnily enough, we might be doing a video for Lucia. So, so um, yeah, hopefully we're going to do a music video uh, probably – early next year all right so very cool dude tell me a little bit just because i don't know yeah 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 what does the the australian government if anything do to help like with the arts because here they do nothing you know here they couldn't give a shit if you're a if you're a guitar player or you want to be a musician they just don't care but am i wrong in thinking that that australia does help help you know you to grow it as an artist well if they do i've never seen any money okay (laughs) i mean you know they talk about how they're giving the you know last uh, earlier this year um our labor government which i think is is the same as the democrat government over there uh, you know they said oh we're giving billions of dollars to the arts well i haven't seen any of it so (laughs) Well, I know, in, uh, I know in Sweden, they're really big on developing the artists and the music and, you know, they have all kinds of schools and all kinds of, you know, assistance for artists over there. Cause, uh, what was it, Chris, back in 05, like between 05 and 2009 or something, there was like a influx of bands out of Sweden. Oh yeah. Yeah, they all told us that uh, basically they were uh, helped by the by the Swedish government that uh, sponsored their, you know, music development and and uh, getting getting records out and things like that. So I think that's where Chris was kind of going with the question. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the I have to say the Australian government helped me go to school here, that's helped me cool. go to the Australian Institute of Music, so. In that sense, yes, but you know, if if you earn over, and I don't, I've got no problem with this at all. But if you earn over a certain amount of money here, you've got to pay all that back, which is which I have no problem with. If if um, an education like I got at the Australian Institute of Music can help me uh, further my career and you know get more income for myself and my family, I'm happy to pay it back. Right on, dude. How hard is it to break out of Australia because? I could, you know, as somebody that's lived in several places around the world, Australia is just far from everything. 
yeah you yeah. know no matter no matter where you go it's it's a it's a very long plane flight and here i think from here it's like 18 hours or some crazy number but even when i lived in the in the far east it was far is it difficult to branch out of there or do you really have to rely on the internet in order to be heard because you're you're really so isolated well, it's funny. I mean, obviously shows like this really help me get the word out. Um, but you've just got to you've just got to push as hard as you can uh, with wherever you are. I think I think the internet's made everything a lot more accessible, but also there's a lot more noise on the internet, you know. The the one thing the one thing that the record companies used to do, you know, in the 60s 70s 80s and 90s were you know they could they could take a band and put them in front of a mass audience right you know and and obviously you know there are a lot of a lot of talented bands that benefited from that but there was also a lot of um you know bands that got signed that that and it all led to nothing you know, I mean, I I can give you examples of Australian bands that I know that had the had the record deal with Warner and had, you know, opportunities. Um, one of my friends' bands supported Van Halen on the uh, 1998 Van Halen Three tour. Okay. And 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 you know, and Van Halen were was so impressed with that band that they asked them to go to Europe with them, but Warner's wouldn't put up the money. So. Uh, it's you know this industry is tough. It's it's just, you, but if you if you go in with your eyes open, um, you know you never know what's possible. I mean, and this is kind of what I do, so I just keep doing it. Well, let's talk about the recording of this uh, new record, Solidify. Where where did you do this? Uh, where did you do this recording? I mean, did you actually go to a professional studio or did you do it in a home style studio or how, how did that work for you no well this solidify was recorded exactly where you see me now okay so you it's know. a home studio it, you know my little home bedroom studio which i call okay. platinum platinum studio or rocket studios but <laughs> um you know i it was all it was all done with basically midi um, because the drum samples you can get now from, um, you know, uh, software companies like ToonTrack and um, Native Instruments, the you know the the drum samples you can get. I mean, the drum samples that I use, for example, were um, through this company called ToonTrack, and they and they've got this brand called Superior Drummer, right? Um, and all of the drum samples were recorded at, at Bob Rock studio in Vancouver that Brian Adams owns by the drummer from Nickelback, you know? So, um, I, I use a lot of MIDI stuff purely because I'm work I'm basically working out of my bedroom and, um, Matt, what happens is, um, so everything, everything samples apart from the guitars, and um, yeah, my key—I guess my keyboard is samples too, because you know you, I play keyboard, and the keyboard by its very nature is, is sampled. So, so um, Matt 
I I I send the basic demos to Matt, and then Matt puts his guitar on, and we work via Zoom. And because um, he's in Canberra, where I used to live, I live in Sydney now. So um, and he he sends me all the all the stems, and I put the stems in, and um, I work work with it that way. So um, and that's the very same way that I'm going to be working with Rick. Rick's going to be in his studio in Nashville and I'm going to be here and that's what we're going to do. Right. Well, if you're going to continue using that little room for your recording, you need to get some acoustic panels on the wall there so you don't get, get that big ambient sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try all kinds of, all kinds of stuff next time, including sending it to you two. Um, <laughs> You know, be, I mean, because, you know, the the reality is, um, and we're also renting here, so whether I can actually put things on the walls or not, I'm not sure. I've got to, got to clear all that because we don't own where we live. So, so um, you know, I, I will be reaching out to you. And, you know, I do have a, I do have a network of people, but... Again, I'm working with no budget whatsoever, and and you know I don't have access to studios or studio rooms, so I just have to kind of do the best I can with what I have, and um, you know, and grow and you know try and grow as much as possible. Right on, man. Well, dude, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and to? Buy some merchandise if there's merchandise available and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, hopefully my audience will grow to warrant merchandise. But um, <laughs> tjjames.com.au, TJ James Music on Facebook, TJ James Music on Twitter. Um, I'm I'm everywhere. My music's everywhere. It's spot of you know on every single digital platform and YouTube. Um, you just you just Google it. If you Google TJ James Solidify, you will find me. Or you know, just TJ James. Right on. Look at that. Respect to you. Look at that. Wow. Oh wow. It's the first time for everything. <laughs> if, if you do a reissue, a remaster reissue of this uh, Solidify, would you consider uh, changing it to Junk Punch? Yes, I. I... <laughs> The, the junk punch loud remix <laughs> will you put one out at regular speed and one out at one and a half speed it, it'll be a, a two cd set <laughs> the deluxe reissue <laughs> nice i thought junk punch was much more gooder yeah yeah <laughs> oh nice. well um I'll I'll try to I'll try to um be a bit faster next time nearly. Right. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes and talking to us and bringing people up to date with uh, what's going on with you and the release of this uh, new CD, I guess, recording, uh, Solidify, which you can find on most digital uh, outlets. I'm playing it here off of the old Spotify, and uh, you know. Go, go support Tim and his efforts to, to uh, you know, follow his passion and his dreams and, you know, be a, be an artist and be a writer, you know, do whatever it is that he needs to do. The guy obviously doesn't give up. 
even with the brutality that we uh, gave, him a couple, <laughs> gave him a couple of weeks ago, and we appreciate him being a good sport and coming on the show. Oh, and and oh, uh, be- believe me, I'm much more I'm much more scared about AI than I am about you two. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that you know, AI AI is just wow. Like I, it's um, that's a whole new. I don't know how we're going to deal with that that's, at all. It's, it's 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 basically the uh the antichrist <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> all thank right, you tim. so much all, all right tim. Tim, well we'll let you pick a, a closing track off this new release so uh what should we play and why well um considering that you told me it sounded like cinderella which i actually took as a compliment um why don't we play knock on wood all right all right all right. Well, again, the new uh, release is called Solidify. So here it is. It's TJ James with Knock on Wood exclusively here. What, Tim? On your classic metal show.